Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thank you for joining me. Today we are going to be continuing my talk with Deborah Hayes. I introduced her in the previous podcast, and if you didn't listen to it, I highly recommend you do that before going further with this episode. The topic was, Is God Punishing Me? And there were some really good things in there for all of us, even if that isn't something that you struggle with. Today, Deborah and I are going to talk about what it's like to be here long-term without our child, or in Deborah's case, her children. We didn't specifically say this on the podcast, but she has no children here. She's not married, and she has lost both of her parents from this earth. And somehow, with all of these losses and having no immediate family, she has managed to not only find meaning and purpose in her life, but she lives a life of joy. Now, that doesn't mean she doesn't still hurt or still shed tears from the pain of her losses. It doesn't mean that she doesn't go through seasons of, you know, we all feel kind of lost sometimes and uh, kind of wandering in direction of where God has us. But the thing is, you can tell that Deborah has been determined not to remain a victim and stay in the darkness of all the painful things that this world has thrown at her. So here is the rest of my talk with Deborah Hayes. Now, all of these losses that you shared happened in the 90s, which means these specific losses, your children, four different children, your dad, they all happened well over 20 years ago. So you have been on this journey for quite a while. And I've heard you talk about the difference between mourning and grief. So can you share that with us, please? Absolutely. That's one of the, another pet peeve of mine that gets me all fired up. It's like like all the, with the best intentions of the world, I'm not being critical at all, but with the best (laughs) grief support groups, don't support grief. Do not support grief. Grief is not your friend. So don't, mm. don't support grief. Grief is something that, that gets confused with the word mourning. If you, if you go biblical and you go into the word, there is a healthy mourning process that God has designed all of us to go through because he knew. I mean, look at the first couple ever created lost yes. their child. Yes, exactly. So exactly. Not- when people say it's out of order, it's like, think about the very first death recorded was what right. we consider out of order. And they had to live for what, 600 years? It's like, thank you, God, that I don't have to live for 600 years and, after and, the death of my child. Right. And unfortunately, there's also people that, you know, murder was involved with their child. Exactly. I mean, oh, one child trouble. killing the other. I just, I can't even imagine. They had, they didn't even know what death was. No, exactly. They, oh. Oh, it, I mean, wow. That, that's hard to think of. Like, yeah. Imagine I mean, when they were, oh, wow. That, that's just an interesting thought. They didn't even know what death was. Uh, but so, yeah, he, this is not, this is not anything new. Mm-hmm. So when, when you start moving into the difference between mourning and grief, there is a healthy mourning process because God designed us as a spirit, a soul, and a body. Yes. It all works together. Yes. 
So when you're going through the mourning process, and again, the word is through, Mm -hmm. grief grief will grab you and hold you there, but you got to get through the mourning process. You have to, number one, realize that it's going to hurt. You know, a lot of people don't want to go through the hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as it starts hurting, they start running to doctors, they they get on antidepressants, and that will stop the process. Now, I'm not saying don't ever do that. I did it. I had, mm-hmm. especially on the third child. Um, but my doctor was like, we're going to do this for six weeks because you kind of just need a jump start. Yes. It was never with the intention of you're going to be dependent on these. It was like, this is a jump start to get your body back to where it needs to mm-hmm. be. Because, you know, sorrow affects your body. Oh, yes. You know, mm-hmm. Stress affects your body. So in the mourning process, you have to learn to treat your body so that it will work for you instead of against you. Mm-hmm. And if you do not do that, you will get stuck in the grief process. The easiest way to, that I explain in a lot of, a lot of places is that mourning was designed, a healthy mourning, you go through it. Mm-hmm. You learn through it, you grow through it, it prepares you, you know, to move forward. Grief is like a spirit that wants to stay on your shoulder and just hold you down, keep you in grief. And it's like that's not what God designed. He and knew you're not he- saying that that grief is a demonic spirit. And if you're grieving, then you're under some demonic, you know, you need some something to cast out, you know, whatever. You're just saying that grief holds you back. And mourning moves you forward. Right, exactly. And I know that's hard to understand, but it's like when you go through the mourning process, there's a, it it involves healthy healing. It involves healthy Mm -hmm. healing. Now, can we qualify what we mean by healing? Because I think a lot of parents, especially when that, that fresh mourning period, Mm -hmm. it's like, you're talking about healing. And when we hear healing, we think about like this never happened that's not what we're talking about when we talk about healing. You will always have painful moments. You will have grief triggers and you've got to have a lot of them. Birthdays and death dates. And I mean, just it's, it would be a constant thing for you. You could live your whole life in grief, you know, with all the dates that you have, because we didn't even talk about the fact the first loss of yours was your best friend when you were 15 years old. How do you handle that? You know, so but the healing, when we talk about healing, we're talking about getting to a place where you can function again and then getting to a place where life has meaning and purpose again. And that's not in spite of your child's death. It's because of his or her life. You can have meaning and purpose again. That's what we mean by healing. Not like this never happened and you'll be all better. Right. And an easy way to see the difference is when, like when those triggers happen, I mean, I still have it. Sometimes Mother's Day is for me. Oh, yes. Yes. Other other years it's not, you know, Mm -hmm. so there is no pattern. And that's so good to hear from somebody who's been on this journey for as long as you have to hear that Mother's Day won't always be one of the worst days of the year for you. There are some years where Mother's Day will be okay, and it might even be a good day. It It, won't always, it doesn't always have to be a terrible day. And that might have a lot to do with what you're talking about, grief, that we're still allowing ourselves to be under the heaviness of grief. Well, the way I like grief is destructive. Mourning is not. Okay. When you're triggered, even 20 something years later, 
it's like our, our thoughts are what will destroy us. Yes. So you train your thoughts to even when those, you know, when those days hit, or even if you're holding, you know, someone brings you a baby that they've just had and you uh-huh. want, like, I don't want to hold your baby, you know, but, <laughs> uh-huh. right. but it's like, it's like you train your, your, your thoughts to go past the emotion of the moment, you know, like on, on mm-hmm. mother's day, instead of saying, Oh, look at all these mothers out there celebrating with their family. And I'm sitting here by myself. And that's grief. Mm-hmm. Morning is, oh, I remember that Mother's Day when we did this and we did that. And that was so much fun. You know, the memories are comforting and and they make you smile. And that's it, another process, isn't it? Because at first, those memories are, are stabbing pain. Why would I want to think about that? But you do get to the point where those memories warm your heart and they bring a smile to your heart, to your face. They won't always be stabbing pain. No, the memories are something that you will learn to embrace instead of reject. Because if you go through the pain, then that's the hardest part. And that's what people like to to avoid. But that pain will, you know, it's kind of like, a farmer, when they dig up all the dirt, you know, and, and they plow the dirt, that's kind of like what the pain will do, but God can plant seeds in that. Yes. So that as you grow, then, um, then you will be able to embrace the hard things. And instead of looking back with, you know, with dread or, you know, looking back with, you know, I want to cry. I just want to cry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you'll look back with smiles there, you know, there are days where you cry yes. still, I, know, I have days mm-hmm. that cry because it's, you know, it's sad. It doesn't mean I'm going to go into the pit and have another pity party. It just means I feel like crying today. So I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. I miss and There's, there's mm-hmm. nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't mean that you're digressing. It just means I feel like crying today. So I'm going to cry. Right. That's right. What, I mean, that's what healing is. You mm-hmm. embrace the emotion of the day without it letting letting you pull you backward. Mm-hmm. You know, instead yeah. of pulling you into and it, it, and it's yeah. wonderful to know that we can get to the point where you know, like you said, our thoughts make all the difference, and even just the way we think about all I have left are these memories. As a very depressing, horrible thing, which it is. Or getting to the point where all I have left are these memories and they're so wonderful. I'm so thankful I have all these memories. And even, you know, I think of like with your, well, you're three, really, you really don't have memories. I don't, I, I do have pictures and um, not with the abortion because I mm-hmm. didn't have a heartbeat. It was right. there. But with the, with the infants that were born, I did go through labor and have them. Um, so I have pictures um, with them. You know, it's like it's the place that that I got to as a faith person, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming a lot of a lot of the yes. people listening mm-hmm. people, is when you realize that your children are in your future. Mm-hmm. And yes, in your exactly. Yes, exactly. And, yep. Yeah, your thoughts, your emotions, your attitude can turn that corner. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking forward instead of backwards. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that, yep, that's, it's, I remember when God actually spoke that to my heart and, you know, my listeners and my readers hear me say this a lot, but it's, it was that whole realization that God's like, no, you're not getting further away from her. You're getting closer to her every day. You're getting closer to her. She is in your future. Mm -hmm. She's not gone. She's in your future. And that doesn't take some big 
God-sized giant eraser and move the pain, but it's interesting. It begins to remove the grief. Mm-hmm. There, that's I just keep coming back to that, the heaviness of the pain. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference between having the pain and allowing the heaviness of the pain to take over your thoughts, which yes. means then it takes over your emotions. It takes over physically because like it you said, they're all intertwined. Oh, it takes yeah. over the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, because you aren't thinking clearly. You aren't thinking. You're A lot of times when, when we're carrying the grief and the heaviness of the grief, we make, you know, instant decisions or we make, you know, decisions on the fly Mm -hmm. um, because we aren't, you know, we aren't thinking clearly, but Mm -hmm. when you're actually going through the mourning process and you're, you're getting those steps of healing all along and you've, you've kind of turned the corner and you're looking forward, then you can, then you can really make good decisions about, you know, what is best for me and what's going on in my life now with the prospect of looking forward. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and like you said, the time is getting shorter that we're going to have the children back with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And only for Jesus. That's not some woo-woo, you know. Yes. Uh, right. Right. And at the beginning, you really don't have control over that. I, I mean, because you are in that mourning process, you're, it's, it is almost impossible to control it because you do have to go through that mourning process. But you do get to a point where you get to start deciding Am I going to wallow in this? Am I going to stay the victim of this? Or am I going to reach up to God and ask him to pull me out of this pit? I don't know how. It seems impossible to me, but that's where God comes in. Because I remember when God brought me back to, there are a couple of verses that talk about God doing above and beyond all that we could ask or think kind of a thing. And how God showed me, it's like, that's where I come in with this whole thing, because you can't imagine yourself out of this darkness. You can't picture yourself. You can't think of yourself living a fulfilling life again, but I can, I can do more than what you can imagine or ask or think right now. And so hang on to me. That's all I'm asking you to do is to hang on to me in this darkness. And I, I think sometimes, can you talk about how I meet so many parents that feel like, but if I, if I let go of the grief and I start working towards what you guys are talking about, I'm going to forget my child. I mean, they feel like it's the pain that keeps them attached to their child. And just to be perfectly honest, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You will never forget your child. Exactly. How Mm -hmm. in the world can you ever forget your child? Right. You're not going to forget your child. The memories of your child will become, they will make you smile instead mm-hmm. of me. But your child is always going to be a part of your heart. You carried your child in your body. Yes, right, right. DNA of your child is still floating around in there, you know. It's right, like- and even if you adopted, there's something God does miraculously <laughs> through adoption. I mean, he, we are adopted, you know, for crying out loud. You know, right. there, there is something miraculous he does through adoption. So even if you adopted your child that died, there is... God has done something miraculous where it's like you did carry that child. And yeah, and it's, it's the love that keeps you connected. It's not that you're going to be a terrible person. What kind of a parent am I? If I start laughing again, if I start doing things like riding a motorcycle, (laughs) if I start doing fun things again, isn't that dishonoring my child? No, 
if you didn't do that, it would be dishonoring God because truly you would be telling him, you're not big enough to heal me. You're mm -hmm. not big enough to change my life. You're not big enough to get me through this. Mm -hmm. So I'm just following in it. I mean, as hard as that sounds, that's where, I mean, I had to come to that realization for myself. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone right, right. myself mm -hmm. where I had to choose like, God, are you big enough mm -hmm. to get me out of this pit? Right. Yeah. And I remember it's like, okay, God, I, there's, I can't be, oh, I hit my limit with this one, Laura, you know, I, I can't help you now. And the fact that realizing he wasn't blindsided by this. So that means he's already in my future. He's already before I was even born, before I was even thought of, before my grandparents were even born, he already knew he had a plan in place for when Becca died this is where I'm going to take you. If you let me, I'll take you here. Mm -hmm. And you can still have a good life with meaning and purpose. Doesn't mean you're not going to miss her. Doesn't mean, like you said, days we cry, but I still have good plans for you. And I think it's important to point out at this point too, that um, everyone is at a different place in their journey. Yes. So if you have just recently mm -hmm. lost a child, don't force, don't try to force things to happen, you know, right. because you have to embrace the shock. You have to let your body just embrace the numbness of what you're going through because your body is in shock. Yes. And it's, it's a, however you're feeling, it's okay to feel that way, but it's not okay to stay that way right. get to the point where you start realizing Oh, today's a bad day. I'm having a bad day. No, you're choosing to have a bad day. You know, mm -hmm. it's like start realizing that you've got that choice and yes. you're, choosing to, you're choosing to wall or, or you're choosing to still stay in the pity party. That's when you have to start being intentional on taking steps mm -hmm. toward life instead, yes. of, instead of death. And I remember um, this is a story that's in the book, but, you know, I was feeling so much guilt over the abortion. And, you know, I, I did for years, but after my father died a year later, and this, this may, may me sound like an idiot, but this really happened. Um, the night that he died, what, one of the things that I was feeling so guilty about was daddy never knew. Right. Daddy knew. Mm. So I was hiding. Uh -huh. So the process, my process being mm. you know, the church girl mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was, okay, when daddy gets to heaven, mm. he's going to meet this little baby and he's going to know his daughter was not the good daughter. And so now I'm going to have to live the rest of my life with knowing he was disappointed with me. Mm. And that was heavy. I mean, that yeah, was, I, could see that. I was daddy's girl, but the night that he died, he was in a cancer ward. And this particular hospital had a room at the end of the hall where, you know, people that were sitting there with their, with their family could put puzzles together. Mm -hmm. and just. So I went down there, the whole back of the wall was windows and it was in the fall. So there was beautiful trees outside the colors of trees. I looked out the window and just for a quick second, I saw my father and he was like in his mid thirties, I guess the promise of his life. And he was holding the hand of a little boy about six years old, black curly hair and they looked at each other, they looked at me, and then they were gone. So it's like I knew that it, daddy had the baby, you know, oh, and it was that just gave me goosebumps. Oh, yeah. and it's like, so God will do, you know, I'm not saying go out there and searching for supernatural stuff, right? Right. But when your heart is genuine, breaking in front of the Lord, 
he will do amazing things to let you know he's on your side. Yes. And that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he, because it's not time or space is not. Limited. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. He's on the side of eternity where, yes, we, we don't, it's hard to comprehend eternity because we're so used to everything being in time linear and that's not where he is or where our kids are. You think about with, you know, you're, we were talking about feeling guilty about embracing Think of it this way. What if, what if your child was in heaven and what if they were able to see the earth? I'm not saying they can, I don't, you know, I don't mm-hmm. do but what if there was some kind of connection from heaven to your, and your child was saying, come on, mommy, come on, let's do it, mommy. Mm-hmm. And your child was cheering you on. Yes. As part of those great cloud of witnesses. Right. Uh, think mm-hmm. about that some days when it's hard to go forward. Just think about your child cheering you on. Like, come on, mommy, come on. Mm-hmm. You can do this. Yeah. 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 Now you talked about how at the beginning <laughs> you, decided to learn how to ride a motorcycle. And in this part, you know, talking about the long-term things, you at 59, you set a goal for yourself, (laughs) something you were going to do by the age of 60. Now, what was that and why was it important? Okay. So when I was in my twenties, I was a competitive tennis player. And then when I was the, when I was in my thirties, that was my decade from hell. So I mm-hmm. kind of put that, I put that on the back burner, just didn't do it. Let my body get out of shape that, you know, everything that goes with mm-hmm. you know, emotional eating and, and all of that. So I decided that by the time I turned 60, I'm going to be back on a USTA tennis team. Mm-hmm. So I did, I did. I started mm-hmm. I was probably like 50, 57, I think when I started picked up in a tennis racket again. Okay. But that was, you know, that was something that wasn't just something I did. That was part of who I was because I was on those courts every single day. And so that's part of who I was. So for me, not only learning something new within with the motorcycle, it was also picking up something that was part of me that I loved, hmm. you know, that, that I just enjoyed doing. Right. You know, it brings something alive inside you again. Like when I know when I'm out on the court and even just hitting the ball across the court to the other person so they can serve the ball. It was like, that felt right. Hmm. So that felt like, oh my gosh, this is, this is part of who I was. You know, again, everyone doesn't have to go on the tennis court, but <laughs> right. something that you did, you know, if there was something that you did that you thoroughly enjoyed it and for whatever reasons, you know, it's kind of put, put to the back burner, you know, pick it up. And then as you go through the journey and you do get further down the road, I did something last week that I thought I'd never do <laughs> because I didn't want to work with children. Mm-hmm. You know, even 20 years later, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the nursery. I don't want to do the children thing. Y'all do that. That's your mm-hmm. thing. Right. And I was still in that mindset. But last week, um, the church that I go to, we had a neighborhood vacation Bible school for three days mm-hmm. and it wasn't our church kids. It was just neighbors that had in, in registered their children for our little, little Bible okay. I went, I had the three to five-year-olds. Uh, I had an absolute blast. I mean, there, it was just so fulfilling and it, you know, it was just something that I dreaded. I did it because the pastor had, had gone out of town, um, and gave me the, the service that day, you know, was the speaker. Okay. And all. Mm-hmm. okay. I feel obligated to step in and serve. 
did it out of obligation because he had, you know, promoted me. I thought, okay, it's my place to step in and help with this. But it was something that God did in my my heart when even mm. last week, 20 mm. years later, yeah. that I just kind of pushed away. I'm not ever going to do that again. Mm-hmm. But it's like, again, that the, the love for children, that just enjoying the children, it it all just kind of blossomed last week. So. Yeah. Now, now I can attest to that age group. I know a lot of people's like, I can't do that age group, but I'm a pre, I was a preschool teacher. I love that age group. <laughs> well, I was an international children's minister, so I just plain love kids. And yeah. And it's funny how really when you allow it, those passions that were yours before, they, they're still in you. I mean, that was a passion from God, whether it's something you know, tennis, something, you know, sports or like me, ministry. Now, I don't see myself ever. I, I Who knows? I mean, God knows what he's got for me. But you know, I couldn't do high energy children's ministry and grief. I mean, that just those two don't mix. But you get me talking about kids and knowing the Lord. And, you know, it, it just uh, it just whoosh. It's just a passion that just comes right back up in me. I think about people who are listening that might say, yeah, but that was something I did with my child, or that was something that I don't, I don't think I could ever go back to something I did before, because it does seem like a, a, a line of before and after. I mean, our lives become before and after. So how do you go back to something? And I, I guess some of it comes back to that relationship with God thing, and that we're all in a different place, and it's going to be different for all of us. It's going to be different. And if you feel you can't, don't. Right, exactly. You feel you because then you're pushing from I mean, look at this twenty something years later. Although you did something out of obligation and God used it to bring joy into your life. But I was at (laughs) twenty years later, I thought Exactly. Okay, I can handle this. It's gonna be tough. I want to enjoy it. Yes. But a lot of things that God may ask me to do that I won't enjoy. So this is gonna be one of them. (laughs) 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 But had it been Right. five years yes. after the children had died, it would probably would have set me back. You were in a different place. 20 right. years later, you were in a different place to be able to say, I can do this. Right. So, and we have, it's real important to focus on Ephesians three, where it says there's a season yes. for everything. Yes. You just have to know what season it is. Oh, that's good. You know, there's yes. a season to weep. There's a season to laugh. Yes. But still in our life, in your life, there are days that we weep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because it's healthy. Mm-hmm. It's healthy. It doesn't mean I'm going to weep every day, right? But there are days I'm going to embrace weeping. But you just have to know what season you're in, what you know, what season that particular day holds. Mm-hmm. Your heart. Yes. You know, it's a journey. It's everyone's journey is going to be different. Mm-hmm. God doesn't change, and it's like He knows what's best for you. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I, when you say God knows what's best for you, I, because I, I hear from so many parents, there's something that rises up in some parents. And it's, it's, I think it's when you're in that initial place of that raw hurt, anger, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, so God knows what's best for me. And the best for me was to let my child check out of here. Yeah. That's when you, that's when you go back to the, like with the, the RISC, that's mm-hmm. when it's real, it's, it's real, it's relationship. It's not a religion. That's when you just tell God, 
That's where I was going next. Okay. So let's. I don't believe this scripture. I think it's crap. I don't believe it. I've been there. I want to mark it out of my Bible. It's not true. It's not true. I don't even want to read the Bible today. That's right. That's right. That's right. So let's get into that because that's where I was going next. So the RISE also has significance because there are four significant things. They all stand for something that we can do on our end as we walk this journey that will help us make it through, especially when those rough days or those weeks hit us again. So I'm just going to turn it over to you and tell us about the RISE. Okay. So the RISE is not only uh, for the initials of the children. Mm-hmm. This is also for, and I'm not even going to call them steps because they don't have to right, be. Right, right. I know. I was trying to figure out what to call it when I was, it no. was like, yeah, they're just, I don't even know what to do. Significant. I don't even know what to call it myself. It's I, like, they're not steps, I, right. Really, it could be steps, but they're not in order. The first right, right. one really has to come first, but the other ones mm-hmm. um, are, are just things you have but to But even the out. first one we have to keep coming back to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, okay. So, so share it. So <laughs> the letters R-I-S-E, R is simply it's relationship. Get real. It's a relationship, mm-hmm. not a religion. If you're depending on your religion, when you're going through the throes of tragedy of losing your child, you're going to fall apart because it will cause you to question everything you've ever been taught. So it's got to be a relationship with God. And, you know, as Christians, so we hear that that's kind of the, the hot button. Oh, I don't have a, I don't have a religion. I have a relationship. And then when something like this happens, it's like, we think we've built our house on the rock, not on the sand. And then when our child dies, it's like, Maybe I was built on the sand. Maybe I was using this as a religion. Maybe I was using God as a lever I can pull in a slot machine and get out whatever I want. That's religion. But that's because we hadn't been tested. That's all we knew. Right, right. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that you were, that you were, um, you had him in your life, even if it was religious practices, even if you were still in church, you were still here in mm-hmm. the work, mm-hmm. those seeds were going yes. in. So now when you are tested, and you feel like falling apart and you feel like slapping God in the face. Feel that way. You know, people talk about the scripture in Job. And I know you, there are some things in Job that you like too. But when he talks about, even if he kills me, even if he slays me, I will still serve him. I will still love him. I'll still bless him. But nobody goes on to the next verse because at least then I can argue my case to him face to face. Oh, that's what he goes on to say. It's like, even if he kills me, I'll trust him. But at least I can argue with him face to face. Right. That's right. relationship. Like, who has ever had a relationship that you didn't have conflict? Mm-hmm. Right. No, it's like as, as human beings, there's there's going to be um, fault on each side. Yeah. With God, he's not at fault, mm-hmm. but we still have the freedom to express ourselves so he can get our thinking back in line. Right. And yeah. David was such a good example of that in the Psalms. I mean, so many of the Psalms are about him having it out with God. Right. And most of those are called imprecatory Psalms where he's just basically begging God to kill other people. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> one thing you have to, one thing that I learned that I will stand on this because I know God taught me this is that when he said that uh, David was a man after God's own heart, well, look at David, mm-hmm. you know, he was a murderer. He was mm-hmm. an adulterer. He, you know, I mean, all of it, right. you know, but I he lost a child lost a child, but I believe that the reason that God called him a man after his own heart was because David was raw with God. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was not afraid to say, you know, I'm, you just need to help me here because how long are you going to leave me out here? Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's right. like, if you 
forgotten me? Hello, I'm here. Have you forgotten right, me? Right, right. That was that was a song. Yep. You know, they yep. weren't all pretty hymns. They weren't all, you know, mm-hmm. praying to the Lord, but he was able to do the pretty hymns and he was able yes. to magnify the Lord because he understood God in the pit. Yes. Mm-hmm. He understood that that God was with him in the pit and he could be real. Right. And that's where relationship starts. It's mm-hmm. not about activities at church. That's a way to serve the Lord with other people. But when hell comes against you and you're in that pit, it's just you and God. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. when the relationship will, yes. will start there. So that way, that's the R. Okay. Get real. It's a relationship. The I is intentional living. And this is being, um, you have to keep the momentum going. Once you start, you know, with my motorcycle, I couldn't buy mm-hmm. a motorcycle, get all excited, then leave it in the garage. Right, you know, right. Once you start, then you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional with your body. You know, your body is going to work for you. Or it's going to work against you as you're going through. All right. These- so be aware of what you're eating, you know, get out and walk. If you're, you know, if you're not able to walk, do, do something, something. to get Mm -hmm. do what's in your limit and your ability to do Mm -hmm. Um, just to be very intentional just intentional minded the s is for scripture for the moment so when you are in the throes of pain you're not going to feel like reading the whole chapter of the bible and if you exactly exactly not going to understand what it means Mm -hmm. you may go through the motion and you may check it off your list but it's not going to do anything for your heart so scripture for the moment is simply finding that scripture for that day if you're angry if you're sad there are many, many ways that you can pinpoint scriptures. It's so easy with technology. If there are books out there that have scriptures by the topics, you know, mm-hmm. anger, whatever. But you can just simply Google, you know, scripture, anger, or scripture, financial problems, or, you know, and it will bring up all the scriptures. Look through those, find the one that really speaks to you that day, write it out, and hold on to that one scripture. Yes. That's all you need. Yes. All you need. God can change your entire day by just focusing on one sentence. In yes. His it has that much power. And it so, doesn't even have to be if it's verse 15 and it's the first half of that verse. Yeah, just take the, the words that you need. Man is what broke that up into chapter and verse to make it easy to find. And sometimes we get wrapped up in that it has to be the whole verse. No, it doesn't. Even just take the, the piece that you need. The shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. Because he had compassion, yes, other people. So if you if it's a weepy day, just you know, Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm weeping too today. That's right. <laughs> like so, find find one one scripture, and it may last you for days. You don't have to do something different mm-hmm. every day, but find that one scripture that's taking you from this step to the next step. Mm-hmm. And then E is simply for this particular conversation. E is for eternity. Mm-hmm. It can also mean that you are exquisite in God's eyes. You are not broken just because something horrible happened to you. But it also means eternity because mm-hmm. our children are in our future. They're yes. not in our past. And when you truly let God give you a vision and a glimpse into eternity, then you're going to realize that what we're going through here on this earth is so small compared to what's waiting for us. Mm-hmm. When you're in pain, you want to slap somebody that says that. Go ahead. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Right, right. But it, but it's true. Once you get that vision 
uh, for me, that vision is my children playing together. Now my mom is there also. Mm-hmm. So it's my my parents having my children. Now, quite honestly, I get a little jealous. Mm-hmm. Now, quite honestly, I'm thinking I'm a little left out here. That's right. Because they're, they're playing with your kids and you right. haven't gotten they, it. They know the children I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know. And, but I have that, you know, I have that vision of eternity that, you know, they're, they're all together. My mom had a miscarriage. So you talk about even I was an only child. Now I'm not. <laughs> the only child in heaven. I'm like, what? No, no, what's happening? But you know, heaven is completion. Yes. When we, eternity is completion. Mm-hmm. So even if you've had miscarriages um, that still tug at your heart, it didn't have to be a child that you held. Mm-hmm. But even if you had a miscarriage that you had so many hopes and dreams and desires and expectations, right? And the next day it was gone. You know. That miscarriage is waiting for you in heaven. That miscarriage has a name. That miscarriage is a baby. Right. It's waiting for you in heaven. So heaven is a place and eternity is a place of completion. Earth at its best is broken. Mm -hmm. Earth at its very best is broken. But when you get a glimpse of eternity and completion and, you know, especially with our children there, it's like it gives you hope that, yeah, I may some days it may just seem like I'm getting through this life until I can get there, mm-hmm. doing the best I can today. But there is hope. And without that hope, there would be no reason. Right. There would be no reason to to try to make it through this earth. Go ahead and check out. But with that hope, then we need to become all that God created us to be and all that he designed us to be because we need to, when we step into heaven, we're going to step into heaven the way we were on earth. So even though we get a new body and everything changes, it's like, we don't want to step into heaven in the middle of a pity party. You know, <laughs> step into heaven and embrace our children with like, yes, I missed you. I did the best I could without you, mm-hmm. but I missed you so much. And it's so good to be back together with you. Yes. You know, yeah. That's the hope that we have. Yeah. That's- so Deborah, how can people connect with you? What do you, do you have something that you can offer them or? I do. The best way is just my website and it's okay. super, super simple. It's just Deborah, D-E-B-R-A dot life, L-I-F-E, just Deborah dot life. That takes you to the website. Uh, you can connect with me on there. I'll be glad to have personal conversations with you if you want, if you feel you need that. Uh, and the email is just Deborah at Deborah dot life. Um, if you're not ready to have a conversation with anyone uh, and you still are at that point where I just, I need connection, but I don't want to talk. That's mm-hmm. okay. No, right. no, you don't right. have to, do not have to talk. Um, I do offer, it's totally free, uh, but you can go to my website and there's 21 days of hope so that for 21 days, you're going to get an inbox uh, in your e- email you're going to get uh, either a scripture or a quote. You're going to get some explanation on that that particular uh, scripture, mm-hmm. um, just about encouraging you that particular day. So you'll do that for 21 days. And those 21 days actually go through the R-I-S-E. Oh, that's nice. The first few is all about the R and then the mm-hmm. I. So they, they're not just random, um, but they they do have some, some logical um, following in that. Okay. Um, you can just get that totally free. But yeah, anything, the books are on there. You can send me an email if you want. You can get the free download, but that's pretty much the point of connection. The okay. books are on Amazon and all that too, but you can also get them through that website. 
Okay. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes. So even though that was real easy, Deborah.life, <laughs> we'll still put a link in the show notes. So Deborah, can we close this out by having you pray for those who are listening to this? Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Father, I thank you most of all that, that you are a God of completion. Father, that you never see us as broken. You only see us as an opportunity to walk closer to you. And Father, an opportunity that we can let you take the hurt that we've been through and we can offer connection and we can offer encouragement um, to people that are hurting, not, not at all that they need to be like us, but that we can we can bring them to you so that you can you can take their pain, you can take their circumstances, and you can reach into their life and let them know you are on their side and you are there for every step every day that's ahead of them. You are there for them, regardless of what that day looks like. You are there to go through it with them. And Father, I just pray that you will give anyone that's listening, Father, I pray you will give them the courage to reach out to get the help that they need. It may be professional. It may just simply being getting in your word. It may be, you know, downloading some some encouragement, Father, but you will direct them to their next step so that they will not feel they're stuck because that's yes. the worst feeling in the world. But we just give you all the glory and we we know that all of our hope is in you. And I thank you for, for Laura's diligence um, to get your word out there and to just be a light in, in the darkest seasons of life. And I thank you, Father, for this opportunity. And I thank you for technology mm-hmm, that, we yes. can, that we can use it for your glory mm-hmm. in spite of all the other things that it's been mm-hmm. used for. So amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Deborah. This has been a wonderful conversation. I'm looking forward to sharing it with everyone. So we'll be in touch, I'm sure. Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Uh Isn't Deborah someone who gives so much hope? I loved talking with her. I know many of us struggle with the why question. Why did God allow this to happen? Often dark and difficult things happen while we are still in deep grief from the loss of our child. Some of them are what I call domino effects that are based on our child's death. Like for me personally, when our son-in-law wouldn't let us see our granddaughter. Sometimes they are totally unrelated, like a bad accident that lands us or someone we love in the hospital with a long recovery or maybe a cancer diagnosis. Why doesn't God step in? We pray and God doesn't seem to come through for us when we desperately need him to. We all want and sometimes even expect a miracle, but a miracle is something out of the ordinary that does not happen very often. Unfortunately, life here on earth involves suffering because the enemy is involved. I've been learning more and more lately how important and even necessary that suffering is in our lives while we're here. Maybe I'll do a podcast episode on that topic sometime. I've also learned to be okay with the fact that sometimes God says, yes, I will step in here. And other times he says, I just need to let this play out, but I will be with you. And that doesn't make it easy. It doesn't mean it's not painful, but I have gotten to the point where I do trust his ways because I trust him, even though I can't see, you know, the point in it or what I can't see the whys, but I trust him within that. Now, Deborah didn't share this today, 
But I do know one of her favorite verses is Job 5, verse 9 in the Message Bible. And it says, after all, he is famous for great and unexpected acts. There is no end to his surprises. So you may have heard me say this before or maybe someone else, but if you haven't seen anything good yet, it means God is not done yet. So instead of believing that life will never be worth living without your child here with you, I mean, I was there, so I get it. Ask God to help you start seeing those great and unexpected surprises he is famous for and he already has planned just for you because he does, he really does still have good things in your future here. When Deborah was talking about the S scripture for the moment, finding that one verse to hang on to, it made me think of a couple of my books. My Grief Journey is a coloring book and a journal that has 42 words that express your grief journey, such as confusion, helpless, anger, future, hope, comfort, thankful. Each coloring page, you don't have to color it if you're not a colorer, but each page has a writing prompt to journal your thoughts about that word, such as the word surrender. What I need to let go of to move forward is. So, you know, we hear a lot of times you need to journal and we can feel lost. I don't know what to write. Well, this gives you a prompt to give you something to write. And you can turn to whatever page, however you're feeling, find that word and if you want to color it or, you know, use that as your as your prompt to write. And then in this book on a separate page, I also share a thought intertwined, it's real short, with what God has shown me about each word and then also a scripture verse to go along with it. Now there's also the book Reflections of Hope that just came out this spring, which is a daily reading for bereaved parents. And along with each day's reading is a scripture that goes with that topic. Now both books have their own webpage to see a more detailed description. My Grief Journey is gpshope.org slash mygriefjourney. And the Reflections of Hope, if you want to see more about that book, is gpshope.org slash reflections. I will put a link to both of those in the show notes. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke at a BPUSA yearly gathering. I was a keynote speaker, and I presented several workshops. And while we were there, we ran a special. Anyone who purchased the Reflections of Hope book received the My Grief Journey book as a free gift. And I have decided to run that same special for the month of August of 2023. When you order the Reflections of Hope from GPS Hope, our online store, during the month of August, we will send you automatically a free My Grief Journey book for those who hear the podcast and you want this special. So to get in on it, put both the Reflections of Hope book and the My Grief Journey book into your shopping cart. Now to get there, just go to gpshope.org store and you'll see several headings go to the one that has the books. Put both of those books in your cart and then in the place for the promo or the coupon code, put MGJ free. So that's my grief journey, MGJ free. And when you do that, it will take off the price of the my grief journey book. 
so that you're getting that for free. And please let others know about this special. Let people know that there's help out there for them. There's a book of daily readings they can get. And then there's also this book that they can get with journaling prompts. And just if you can't read a whole lot, I mean, the, the Reflections book isn't a lot of reading, but the uh, My Grief Journey, even if you get that for some daily readings for just a little bit of help here and there. Anyway, just let people know about it. And I hope you get in on this because it's only for the month of August. Let's go ahead to our birthday segment. Whitney Leanne Garko Seehusen was born on July 30th and is forever 31. Lauren Miller Dobbins was born on July 30th and is forever 33. Nina Renee Ray was born on August 3rd and is forever 2. We celebrate the day that these three girls came into the world. We know it will always be a special day for their families. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced on the birthday segment, the week of his or her birthday, I would be honored to do that for you. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Just fill out the information, including how to pronounce your child's name, if sometimes it gets mispronounced because I do want to say it correctly, and submit that information, and I will announce their birthday that week. Dave will also send you an email to remind you to listen. God has a hope and a future for each one of us, not just Deborah, not just me, but for you. And just like Deborah's book title says, there is a way to rise when all hell breaks out, even when devastating things come your way beyond the death of your child. You do not have to stay underneath the suffocating darkness of loss, but you can learn to live a life based on the light and yes, even joy that God has just for you as you are waiting to be reunited with your child or children. And if you have a hard time believing that and having hope for that, then hang on to the hope that Deborah and I have for you. And this is why you can have hope, because God has it for you. That seed of hope is already planted in you. So we need to find ways to nourish and water that seed of hope in you. You can have H-O-P-E, hope. You can hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.